there. We're so glad you tuned in today. We would love to hear how God is using this podcast to encourage you. You can do so by visiting our website at wearefreedomlife.com. Welcome to Freedom. Freedom is never really free unless you realize who set you free. You know, you have to realize that just as the allied powers of the world fought and sacrificed to defeat the axes of powers in World War II, so we fight a great spiritual battle here today. I want to bring a message this morning entitled, Taking a Stand at God's Command. Taking a Stand at God's Command. Freedom never free. Freedom never free. The enemy doesn't want to see you Let me say this, the enemy doesn't want to see you free from addiction. The enemy doesn't want to see you in unity with someone of a different color or hue than you. The enemy doesn't want to see you to take God at his word. The enemy doesn't want to see you walk in forgiveness just as God has forgiven you. The enemy doesn't want to see you Forgive a person that has offended you. The enemy doesn't want to see you trust God with your finances, serve in ministry, or lead your family. Let me be very clear. The enemy doesn't want anything to do with any of those things in your life, period. Now, I don't have a long, lengthy message this morning because I believe what God has given me is clear and concise. Because I want to tell you what the enemy would rather you do here today. Because he doesn't want those things I told you, right? He wants you to stay addicted. He wants you to stay hating people. He wants you to stay forgetting God's promises and and being bitter at people. Whether it's a friend, co-worker, relative, or someone that's in your life. The difference of all this is simply this. You have a choice today if you know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Hello? Don't get quiet on me. I'll preach longer because I don't think you'd understand what I'm saying. The difference between the world and the church is vastly different. We have a Savior that has set us free and we know who set us free. There are some people that want peace but don't know where to get it. You ever know somebody like that? That they have money They have a BMW, they got the house to show, they got the whatever, they got the fancy cars, they got the the nice house and all these things. But you look at them and they go, but I'm empty. You ever met someone like that? I have met plenty of people like that. I stood at an altar with individuals that said, Brother Tony, just so you know, what you just spoke is me. I have everything I need but nothing that I really, really need. I'm like, what do you mean? I have everything that I want, but nothing that I really need. I'm like, what do you need? Peace, man. Peace. I need to know that I have a reason. I need to know that I have a purpose. I need to know that I am here for some reason other to live, sleep, eat, breathe, and die. I need to know that there's more. And you know, you fish long enough, you realize that that person might have went to church once upon a time. 
and they walked away from their faith. And that's why they're standing with you going. There was a point where I could have followed Jesus, but I chose not to. And a, a, good, a good chunk of my life, I spent my life speaking and ministering to a lot of teenagers from local to across the nation and even uh, parts of the world. And I've seen the same thing no matter where you go, that people are looking for hope, right? And so I realized that every single time I open my mouth with the gospel, there's going to be a fight on the, on, the, on the horizon. Because everything that I speak, when I speak Jesus, everything I'm saying contradicts the world. Every time you say something that's gospel related, it contradicts the world. Because the world says, I got it. And I, I, I want to do what I want to do with it. And I got this. I don't need your help. I don't need the church. I don't need a false religion. I don't need. But everything I'm saying is complete dependency on the Lord Jesus Christ. So it contradicts. So when we look at some truths, we realize that some of us in this room may be getting this information late in life. Pastor Tony, I have people tell me, Pastor Tony, keep preaching to this generation. Keep preaching to young people. And that's why I still preach to young people today. I may be years old, but I'm telling you right now that I will, I will preach to young people as long as they will hear me. Because I've had people that are twice my age standing at the altar saying, whatever you do, don't stop telling the young people that they need to keep moving forward in their faith. And I'm going to step on toes for a moment, and I'm okay with that, because I'm going to tell you the truth. When I step on toes by accident, I will apologize. When I step on toes on purpose, I will not. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if you have a young person that's not going to a youth ministry, that's not being plugged into the church, and they're not coming and not being a part, you need to do what you can to get them here. I'm not going to say too much about that, because you hear my heart. They need to hear the gospel, because if they don't believe something for themselves... They will go to college, and the world will tell them what to believe. And let me tell you, it is not good. It is, it is incorrect, it is unbiblical, and it is very much damaging and, and demolishing everything that, the, that God did in their lives for many, many years. Hello? I'm okay with any toes I stepped on. I love you, but that's why I tell you what I need to tell you. If you have a young person, they need to be here. They need to be in the, in the house of God. They need to be hearing the word. We have an amazing uh, a couple, Pastor Corey and Nisa, that love, love, love students. And they're loving students every week. They need to be here. And if, you're, if you have to drop them off, you got Bible studies uh, here in the sanctuary, in the war room. Uh, my brother John, top-notch uh, teacher, is going to share the word and bring the word to you every week. You could drop them off and just walk 20 steps to this room over here and you'll be taught 20 steps into this room and you'll be taught the, the gospel and the word and you'll be taught how to live closer to Jesus but it's going to be a battle amen it's going to be a battle the final battle of the war of 1812 was actually fought on January 8th 1815 why because two weeks after the truce had been signed the news traveled slowly people didn't get it from the beginning they were still fighting even though the battle was over can I tell you some of you are getting the news late can I tell you something the battle is over. God sent his son so that we would win. And we won. You don't have to fight this on your own. I know I just said, you know, we fight every day. But what I'm saying is the battle is won. Doesn't mean you don't have to fight those daily moments. 
but the battle is won. Somebody say amen. I want to bring you two truths real simple here this morning. And here it is. Are you ready? Number one, truth number one, God has already won the war for your freedom. Come on, somebody. God has already won the war for your freedom. That's excellent news. For some of you that just got it, he's won it. He's won. I love what Hebrews says. If you would turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10. Grab your Bibles. Hebrews chapter 10. I'll wait a few moments for you to pull it open. Don't get lazy on me. Please bring your Bibles. We use it here. If you do not have a Bible, see one of our ushers. We will immediately get you one following the service. If you don't have a Bible, you don't own one, we will get you one. No, no strings attached. No money needs to be extended. We, that's our gift to you. The, outside of Jesus Christ, the greatest gift that God ever gave us was his word. Amen? Let's crack it open. Let's get it open. Hebrews chapter 10. When you got it, say, I got it. Hebrews chapter 10. Let's look at verses 11 through 14. I want to read this word together. Uh, follow with me. I'll read it. You follow along. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. And again, uh, again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest, Jesus Christ, had offered for, for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. And since that time, everybody say, since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. For by one sacrifice, say it with me, one sacrifice, he made perfect forever, forever, those who are being made holy. Come on, that's a good word right there. I could read that verse right there and close in prayer. But you're not that lucky. But let me tell you something. Hebrews 10 opens up to say this. For by one sacrifice, see the priests would make sacrifices every single day to take away their sins. But it was not once and for all. Don't you wish there was a bill you could pay once and for all? How many ever had a water bill? You were like, I wish this was the last bill. How many ever had a, 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 a mortgage burning thing go on, right? You're like, your last payment, your car payment. You, you know, maybe you didn't have a ceremony, but you, felt, you signed that last check and you were like, Lord Jesus. You have revival on your kitchen table right there. Last payment. We've been able to do that a few times and we look for a few more. Get rid of our debt. Come on, Fetterman's, you know what I'm talking about? That debt, that just knocking out that debt. They know what we're talking about. Some of you know what we're talking about, right? When you knock out that debt and you're like, man, this is the last check I have to write. Hallelujah. And it's not even the full amount. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Revival happening. You fill out that last check. You're like, oh, I'm going to go out and celebrate. But don't put it on your credit card. Because <laughs> then you have to sign the check one more time. Depending on which place you go, it may be two, three times. Right? You know what I'm saying, right? That moment when you're like, and finally I am set free from that debt. Set free from that bill. Set free from that inconvenience of bothering you every single month. You know what Jesus was, or the writer of Hebrews was saying that Jesus did? He said this, this is once and for all. 
let me let me give you a visual. Once and for all. What does that look like? Once and for all. He died so that you and I would be set free. Once and for all, the cross points us to Jesus Christ setting us free. For by one, verse 14, for by one sacrifice he made perfect, what's the word? For ever. Let's leave that verse up there, that Hebrews 10 for a moment. Because he made one sacrifice, made perfect forever those who are being made holy. God is shaping us every day. Every time we gather together. Every time you, you gather a small group, a Bible study, every time you meet someone co for coffee, look at me, everyone look at me for a moment. Every time you meet someone for coffee, every time you sit down with them and, and you say, you know what, before we begin just to hang out, let's pray together. I guarantee you that'll start changing your conversation. Come on, somebody. Because then you are aware that God is watching your conversation. Sister, let me tell you something. Don't tell nobody I told you, but make this a matter of prayer. Let me tell you something about someone. How many know that if you start by prayer, that little prayer request gets lit up? We need to realize that Jesus Christ paid it all. This is good news. Jesus Christ has finished the work on the cross forever. Jesus finished the work of our redemption on the cross. Jesus rose again conquering Satan, sin, and death. Jesus now sits at the right hand of the Father. And very clearly the right hand of the Father until the inevitable defeat of these enemies. I love it. I love the statement. and It will never get old for me. I'll say it every week if I can. Every time I remember it, I read the end of the book. I found out some news, and I need to tell you, we win. I read the end. We win. Come on, somebody. We win. But who's we? Who's we if we're not connected to the Savior? Who's we if we're not connected to the Lord? Right? So what's my first point? God has already won the war for your freedom. He won it. Through Jesus Christ and his death. Truth about deliverance and freedom number two. Here's truth number two. God will equip you to fight and live fully free. Not partially free. Not, hey, one day I'm going to be set free. Not one day I'm going to be this or one day I'm going to be that. I am right now set free forever. Now, what does that mean? That means that everything that God wants me to walk in, he has provided for me. Everything he wants me to do, he's provided all the gifts inside of me to make this dream happen. His dream for me. So let's look at Isaiah for a moment. This is, we're going into Old Testament. It's toward the middle of the book. Turn with me to Isaiah. Okay, it's after Psalms. If you break open the Psalms, turn right. Swipe left. Whatever that looks like to you. Turn or tap to Isaiah chapter 43. That's a real term now. Turn or tap. It's a real thing. Okay? We're going to Isaiah. You got it? Isaiah chapter 43. 
I'm waiting because I want you to see this with your own eyes. You cannot rely on the screen forever. You need to see this in your own Bible. You need to underline stuff if you feel comfortable doing that. You need to get in there for yourself and see it with your own eyes. And depending on the translation which you carry, Isaiah 43, 14 reads like this. This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Just to bring clarification, this is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Maybe we can have the house lights up just a little bit for those of them that are reading in their books. Just a little bit, guys. Thank you. And it reads like this. For your sake, I will send to Babylon and bring down as fugitives all the Babylonians in the ships in which they took pride. I am the Lord, your holy one, Israel's creator, your king. I love how he defines himself. He says, I'm yours, the Lord, and then he gives a definition for himself. I love that. I love how God, there's moments where he doesn't have to. Like he says, I am sent you, right? Tell him I am sent you. And then there's moments where he says like this. He says, I am your redeemer, the holy one of Israel, just for clarification. Right? And then here he says, Israel's creator, your king. Verse 16, this is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters. Who drew out chariots and horses. Now he's boasting because he's wanted you to remember what he did for you. Are you with me? He says he drew out the chariots and horses. What is he talking about when he set Israel free? The armies and reinforcements together. They lay there never to rise again. Extinguished. Snuffed out like a wick. Verse 18. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Somebody say a new thing. A new thing. How many need a new thing? Raise your hand if you need a new thing. Raise your hand if you hear my voice. Raise your hand if you know English and you hear what I'm saying. Okay, there's a discrepancy there, but we'll take it. I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and the streams and the wasteland. I, even I, and he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. Let's bring clarity. He is the one that wiped out your enemies, has given you a promise, and has forgiven you and set you free. That is the God of the Bible. Let nobody tell you different. The Holy One of Israel has taken out your enemies, set you free, provided and provision was made for you. And then on top of all that, he said, even if you mess up, you can come to me and I will forgive. Come on, that's good preaching right there. I thought I'd get one amen. I think I got a couple nods. I'm telling you, he sets you free. That's good news. That's good news. You say, well, Pastor Tony, why am I still in bondage? Well, you, like any good buffet, you have to go get yourself. <laughs> you ever been to a buffet that they rolled to your table? Because tell me, I'd like to go there. I will only eat the healthy stuff. But I'm telling you right now. That if you had a buffet that rolled to your table, then that's the best of all, all scenarios, right? But the buffet is located somewhere, and they're saying, come and get it. And you have to go and get it. And God is saying, I provided a way. I've made a way. Come and get some. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying today? God has provided all the means, but you have to come and get it. He will equip you to fight the fight, but come and get it. He will give you the strength to fight the fight, but you got to come and get it. And just as God freed Israel from Egypt, he has to take the Egypt out of Israel. He took Israel out of Egypt. That was his job, to get them out of there. But it was their responsibility to get Egypt out of them. Why? Because they're in the wilderness crying out. Maybe we should just go back to Egypt because this man, Moses, is up on the mountain. God knows what he's doing. Oh, yeah, but he's collecting, I don't know, the Ten Commandments? He's, he's, God is making a way, but they get impatient. Anybody impatient? If you are, just quickly raise your hand and put it right back down. Because we don't want anybody to know. Plus, you're impatient. You want to get there. Quick. Quick and back. Sometimes you get a microwave amen. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, pastor. Sometimes I don't know if they're waving at me or they're just saying amen. God took Israel out of Egypt. But it's your responsibility to take Egypt out of you. How do you do that? A promise of the Holy Spirit. Things you have to fight on a daily basis that want to hold on and cling to those very things that God freed you from. Babylon is a nasty place. Come on, somebody. He freed you from Babylon. Therefore, you have to get it. Forget the past. Live for a promised future. You say, well, Pastor Tony, I can't forget the past. That's okay. If you are so focused on your future, you don't have time to look back. Are you hearing me? If you're so focused on what's ahead of you, it's very difficult to do both without stumbling on something in front of you. So you know what? You say it's hard not to look at my past. Well, then stay focused on the future. Just keep your eyes on something. I'm not telling you to, to, to not do something. I'm telling you to do something. I'm telling you to focus on the promises of God. And Galatians 5.1 in the message translation reads like this. Christ has set us free to live a free life. Take your stand. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. Hello? Don't let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. Galatians 5.1. So let me tell you real quickly four common areas of bondage. And I want to lay this out real simple. And they're real quick and they're really understandable. If you're taking notes, write this down. If you haven't taken notes, write this down. If you don't like taking notes, write this down. Number one, take your stand against selfishness by dying to self. Take your stand against selfishness by dying to self. Every single day that you pursue God by telling him, God, I want to die to myself. Isn't that right? You say, I want to die to self. You know what happens? Selfishness tries to say, no, 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 no. Don't. Keep me around. Keep me around. It's all about you. It's all about you. God says, it's not about you. Suppress that and start to say, God, I'm dying to self. You know, in fact, not just suppress it. In fact, take it out, put it on the altar, and slay it. Kill that thing. Die to Self. Luke 9, 23, then he said to all of them, whoever wants to be my disciples must what? Deny other people. Oh, you mean you don't have to tell everybody what they did wrong? Because we're real good at that, right? We're real good at pointing out 
no, let me tell you why you're wrong and I'm right. Let me tell you what you did wrong in this whole situation. Let me tell you why you... We're not getting anywhere. But if everyone in this room, look at me, if everyone in this room denied themselves, how different would this church look? Would there ever be someone in need? Can I tell you something? Honest to goodness, I believe that if everyone in this room properly denied themselves, there will be nobody with need or lack in this room. The Freedom Family would not lack. Because I believe that God has equipped the people of God with everything they need and more. Take a stand against selfishness and die to self. Number two, take your stand against bitterness and forgive offenses. One of the biggest ways, listen, one of the biggest ways you could slow down God in your life is to carry the suitcase of offense and bitterness in your life. Well, Pastor Tony, it's not easy. I've been hurt. I understand. I never said it's easy. I never said it's a cakewalk. But if somebody hurt you, you have to decide whether they're going to live rent free in your mind or not. Because bitterness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Are you hearing me? So I have to decide that believing Jesus is more important. Forgiving offenses. Colossians 3, 12 through 14 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, who is he talking to? The unbelieving world? That person that goes to work that doesn't even know who Jesus is? Nope. He's talking to believers. In Colossians, he's talking to believers, God's holy people. Holy and dearly beloved, clothe yourselves with what? Compassion. What else? Kindness. What else? Humility. What else? Gentleness. And what? Patience. Is that right, Pastor Tony? That is right, Pastor Tony. That is right. Patience. The power of God sometimes is a process in our life. Because your private life will show up in public whether you like it or not. And that power is often projected or suppressed by the people that we have chosen to forgive. Bear each other, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has an, a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on, put on. Put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Friends, we have to be a forgiving people. That doesn't mean that you have to forget. Forgiveness is not forgetfulness. Forgiveness says, I'm not going to let you run rampant in my mind. That also doesn't mean that, you get to, that that person gets to have free reign after you forgive them. There's some people you have to forgive, and you may not forget the situation, but you may have to forget that relationship for a while. And that's okay, as long as you have rightfully forgiven. Sometimes, and I posted something this week that I make no apologies for. In fact, it was shared a lot. And I said it last week, and I just will continue with it last week. Sometimes you have to unfollow people because they're toxic, and you have only so many voices you need to listen to in your life. And some people you just need to unfollow. So somebody said, what, what about your influence over there? I didn't say unfriend. I said, you have to unfollow. You, maybe, maybe there's a chance that something you say could affect them. There's some people that I unfollow for a while. I snooze them. And I come back later. 
Because they're going through something in their life that I honestly, pastor or not, I'm a human being with flesh and bone and feelings, and I am emotional as well at times. And I get, I get hot-headed. I get frustrated. I have those bad days. I have great days, just like you. And I have to be careful because I have people that serve alongside me, under me, that I have to be accountable for. So I limit the voices that I allow to speak into my life, and I make no apologies for that. I, I have a Twitter account, and there's like, follow me back. No, earn your spot. Tweet something that's worth following. I don't follow you back automatically. Just because you follow me doesn't mean I'm going to follow you. People are like, it's not, it's impolite to follow back. Well, let me consider me impolite. You don't follow back, you're bad, man. Say something worth tweeting. Say something worth retweeting. You hear what I'm saying? But you got to forgive, though. It's important. In your mind, you got to say, I forgive that person. Number three, take your stand against pain and rejection, believing that Jesus accepts you. There's so many people that walk through their lives today. Listen to me close, church. I'm going to close in just a moment. There's so many people in this life that they live their lives off of somebody else's approval. They wait for somebody to approve of them. Man, there's no way. Listen, there's no way that you could live your life. I'm telling you, the time is now. This is the series. This is the fourth part of the series. The time is now. And why am I telling you? I'm telling you this because it's very easy to walk in bondage and say you forgave, but yet you walk around with this angst and bitterness. And you, why? Because they never accepted you. Can I tell you something? It does not matter if I or anybody in this room accepts you. God has already accepted you. And that's all that matters. Colossians brings light to this in Colossians chapter 1. Pastor Tony, you read a lot of scripture. That's fantastic news. Because I don't want my opinion to affect you. I want the word of God to eternally affect you. In fact, my opinion will temporarily affect you. God's truth will forever change you and guard your heart. From the outstanding arrows that come your direction. Colossians 1, 21, 22. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. Anybody been there? Raise your hand if you had evil behavior. Raise your hand if you ever sinned. Raise your hand if you just woke up and everybody else is raising their hand. <laughs> Somehow I did not get 100% participation. And I'm trying to figure this out. Oh, I see you. It's okay, you can laugh. You were once alienated, separate from God. But now, verse 22, he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present, or rather to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. Did you hear that last part? Those last four words. It's not on the screen because it was, I guess it was a little long. But the last four words. And free from accusation. God has set you free from even accusal. From even from being accused of being a sinner. People want to say, you know what? I'm just a sinner saved by grace. You know what that's called? A saint. 
God calls you saint. God calls you saint. You say, well, I don't, what does that mean? Like, they're going to make a statue of me one day? Maybe. I don't know. But I'm telling you right now that you're no more than a sinner saved by grace. God has called you his own child. You're a child of God. Come on, somebody. Say, I am. Say this loud because the people online want to hear you. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. Some of y'all haven't said that enough because you are still accused and you believe the enemy's lies. And I'm telling you, believe that Jesus Christ has accepted you. Romans 8, 31 and 37. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who could be against us? He who has not spared his own son but gave him up for us all. For who? All. all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. I'm going to stop there for a moment because that's what I want to leave with you. It is God who justifies, not your, not your spouse, not your fiance, not your neighbor, not your boss. Look at me. Not anyone in this room, including me. I cannot, will not refuse to justify you. It is he who justifies you. He who forgives you. He who makes the change in the heart of man. I could change your mind, but only God could change your heart. I'm preaching something today. I'm preaching something that will set people free. Take your stand against these things. And the fourth one is simply this. Take your stand against lies by receiving God's truth. The only way to get rid of lies in your life is to replace them with truth. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take what? captive instead of being captive we are the ones taking captive did you see that you were once the one that was captive now Jesus sets you free and he says you know what the same way that the enemy had you captive you can captivate or rather capture and hold captive those thoughts and say you have lied to me enough be gone like me last night I had one of those fireflies come into my house you know the ones that their butts light up? That's what our kids say. The butts light up. They came into the, they came because I opened the sliding glass door. I came in the house and he kind of came in and closed it on. I saw him. I said, little buddy, you're in the wrong place. So I picked it and I held it captive for a moment. I opened the door and I said, be free. And I closed the door quickly because his cousins were going to come get me. True story. Who's there? Who's in the kitchen? My daughter was a shield touch to it. I took it. I said, oh, little baby fly. Let's just go be free. I had a captive. Why? Because I realized it was not where it belonged. It's not welcome here. It's not welcome here. Go. Last thing I want to do is be watching TV and the bugs just fly in my eye. Those things, I don't know what they... Yesterday, some of them must have had a little too much to drink because those bugs were just like flying in my eyes, just sitting there minding my own business. That's just a sideshow. That's not even in my notes. I'm sitting there minding my own business. You ever sat there just minding your own business? And fly goes right in your eye. You're like, dude. He just ran the stop sign. Hit me in my eye. Where was I? Okay. 
You know what I'm saying? Every thought captive. You got to know what's not of God. Take it and say you don't belong here. Everything that says you are this, you are that. No, is that right? Is that, does that line up with God's word? No, you don't belong here. Take every thought captive. And if it doesn't belong, get rid of it. That's preaching right there. And here's my last thought. Here's my last thought. We live in a world that has a truth. But really, the only one that has truth is God. Amen? All across this room, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads right now. And I'm telling you, God has set you free. God has set you free from the law of sin and death through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. So it, it, maybe you're in this room or maybe you're listening or watching online. Maybe you're listening to this on a podcast. Wherever you find yourself at this moment, maybe you find yourself looking for hope. I'm telling you right now that the hope that you're looking for is only found in Jesus I need you to know something. The Holy Spirit should not have to fight for a position in your heart. If you are a believer, he should not have to fight. You should every day pray this prayer. Holy Spirit, search me. I want to be free now. Amen. I want to be free right now. So maybe you're in this room today. or Maybe you're listening to me. And you're saying, search me, Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit search you. Let the Holy Spirit find that area that you need exposed. And let him help you to deal with it. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus today. That you will give us the privilege of knowing you. Of following you. Of walking with you. Search us, Holy Spirit. Search me and try me and put to death anything in me. That is bondage. That is addictive. That doesn't allow me to walk free in your truth. Father, I pray that you would help every person at the sound of my voice to take a stand at your command. To walk a clear path of your word that we need here in America today. God, we need you in our homes, our jobs, our communities. God, we need you. We know that there are men and women that defended our rights here in this country. We are grateful for that. But we also know and we're very grateful of what you did on the cross for each of us to inherit eternal life. Father, today... We don't just want to be a people that are forgiven, but that will also allow others to be set free. Use us for your honor and for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen. Would you stand with me one more time? Can I tell you with all of my heart, this series has been an amazing, amazing opportunity to be able to talk into your life. The time is now. No one is going to do for you what God can do, and no one can do for yourself what you can do for yourself. And taking the right things and, in, and, and taking them as a part of your life, the time is now to respond to God because the world is looking for the church to respond. They just don't know it. Are you hearing me? The world is looking for the church to respond. They just don't know it. And so what we need to do is rise up. Come on, church. Who's ready to rise? Y'all pretty quiet. Are you all right? Do I have to preach this again? Do we have to rise up? 
We have to rise up. Don't get too quiet on me. I need you to hear me. I need you, if you understand what I'm saying to you, I'm telling you the time is now to respond and say, God, enough is enough. The enemy has lied enough to me. The enemy has lied to my spouse enough. The enemy has lied to my home. He's lied and lied over and over again. And today, that time ends. And I'll receive everything he has for me because the time is now and I need to respond.